0: Oh, man, I'm not sure if we should be here tonight.
1: Yeah, I feel like shit. I've been dealing with pink eye for like four days, and I don't know what else, but I feel like shit. So,
0: Kami is highly contagious, so clean your earbuds out. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Don't touch your speakers. Yeah. We don't want to want you to catch anything.
1: When they say highly contagious, they mean it can actually it can actually go through airwaves or whatever, it's, whatever it is. I don't I don't know how that all works, but
0: but we're gonna pour some drinks and light some cigars. Yeah. And the show must go on. You're listening to the Fight for Together podcast. Man, it is sangria season, so let me pour you a drink.
1: Yeah, no, thank you.
0: Babes, you're a champ for being here. I'm, not, I'm seriously not sure if we should be here, but here's the thing. We haven't missed one podcast episode since we started. Yeah. And this type of dedication is really important to me. I'm not entirely sure why. It's just that I feel like these projects are really fragile Yeah. in the beginning stages, and if we miss one episode... I just know how easy it is to miss another episode.
1: I just pounded three quarters of a chocolate bar to get through the Enneagram stuff you wanted me to to be here tonight, so I'm already committed.
0: Do you want to smoke or do you want to not smoke?
1: You know, I mean, I probably shouldn't, but I I still want to because it, like, distracts me from how I'm feeling a bit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's a true addict talking right there. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, all right, so we're lighting up. Yeah. Okay, if we're lighting up, we're going to have a longer episode.
1: Oh. Um, that's okay.
0: <laughs> okay. We're still lighting up. Um. So this is episode number 30. And 30 yeah. episodes without missing one, which I this is a little, to me, it gets a little bit I don't know whether to call it masturbatory to talk about this stuff or a little behind the scenes. Um, you know, this type of production talk, but but that's, that's a really big accomplishment for us having never done anything in the podcast world because, I don't know, there was like this fun honeymoon period and then it was like, oh, we feel kind of stupid at this and Course it was like really hard to get it off the ground with like wondering, you know, when do we start, put it off another week, another month. Um so to do thirty continuous episodes not missing, and then this is probably one of the harder episodes to stick with because we were supposed to record yesterday and we didn't, and then um and tomorrow, as you guys will find out in Vlogland is Camis.
1: 39th birthday. Do, do, do. <laughs> thank you.
0: Thank you. No, seriously, thank you.
1: <laughs> really? Thank you.
0: All right, hang on, Thirty nine like years. Cigar.
1: It's not easy, folks. Thirty nine years.
0: Why don't you share how you feel on this?
1: That's fucking old. <laughs> I mean it's all it's all relative. I feel like once in our culture, once you get past like thirty five people or hell like 30 people just start calling you old as if it's a bad thing to get old so i feel like i'm conditioned to say i'm fucking old but still it does feel like 39 years wow almost this is my last year of being in my 30s and then i'll be 40 and 40 does seem like a big benchmark
0: all right. Enough of that. Um, like we have some. Why is that here? Can you press it? Oh, I moved the wrong screenshot. Sorry. Please hold. Where did that? Oh, is that it? Okay. We have some comments we want to read from last week. Um, do you want me to
1: read this one? Or...
0: Whatever, whatever you want to do. Do you want to read it? Why don't Actually, you read that, this one? Okay. That one I want to save. Um,
2: I'll be right
0: in a second. Oh, they're both good. Uh, okay. Okay. Gabrielle. Oh, you're gonna Are do you, it? Go for it. I'll go do for it. For it.
1: Gabrielle, I recently started listening to your podcast. I find your perspectives very interesting and valuable. I think you're both doing a great job. I just have a question regarding a topic you discussed in today's podcast. The topic being rules within a family group and how that can push someone away and create a black sheep. You made the point of why can't the parents family group change their rules to include the black sheep's goals, characteristics, hobbies, etc. However, where do you guys draw the line when shaping your rules or lifestyle for inclusion? What if the inclusion of one person is actually more harmful to the group as the whole or if accepting the person is actually not in their best interests, it would enable them to continue their bad habit. For example, if your child has a drug or alcohol addiction. it's hmm. a good question. Um, That's a really good question. Because, yeah, because there is this thing where you need to take care of the group... And sometimes taking care of an individual makes it so that you can't take care of the group.
0: But then at the end, she kind of, I mean, she's almost asking two questions because she said, or what if it's harmful to the person? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you're paying for someone to destroy themselves, and if that goes against what you feel like is best for the person, then I think you should not pay for whatever it is to enable their destruction but that's different from kicking someone out um or excluding someone because like forget about kicking someone out for a second i think the the emotional exclusion factor mm-hmm. of how we define ourselves as being different th- okay this is what i think the answer is it's one thing to say your beha- your behavior is i feel is dangerous to me or to other people and i don't like it yeah I think everyone on the planet has the right to say that. I could say that to Cammie right now. Hey, your pink eye is too pink for me. Yeah. And I feel like I could get in my eye right now. <laughs> so I don't want to sleep with you tonight. And I could go to a hotel. I could go to the couch. Or she can go to a hotel or she can go to the couch. But I've said why I'm doing it. It's because, like, I don't want to get pink eye and I don't want, you know, that. But I'm not saying I'm better than you. Yeah. So if we're saying, hey, when you, you know, do drugs and, um, I don't know, you leave needles on the coffee table, that's dangerous for the little kids. I don't want needles on the coffee table for the little kids. Like, I think anyone has the right to say that. But you're talking about a behavior at that point. You're not talking about a person's character or level of... um. Like... Lovability. Lovability or superiority or anything like that. Yeah. Which that's the big beef I have. is Because when the stories we were talking about in The Black Sheep, not only is there a kicking out or an exclusion, but there's an exclusion with a we're better than you thing. Mm -hmm. And that, I think, is a power play and it creates kind of a false-ism that says we're better than you.
1: Well, and I think if you can't handle a specific thing like a behavior that someone a person your kid's doing that to tell them i can't handle blank your behavior doesn't then say i can't handle you but i think excluding someone from the family or from you know actually Tells a kid that I can't handle you. Like, you're not acceptable. Not just your behavior. Well,
0: even... There are times... I want to make a distinction. There are times when I can't handle a kid or even you. Yeah. But the emphasis then is I can't.
1: Right. It's it's on yeah. me,
0: me owning my part and saying my maturity level. It's not saying you're an ass or yeah. you're toxic or you're bad or you're unhealthy or you're an addict.
1: But these religious families, you know, being in a religious family, I think it takes it to another level and it's what's being told is God can't handle you, which I think is
0: well in your bad,
1: really damaging, which yeah. is
0: kind of synonymous, but the emphasis on there's a character and a moral judgment being made yeah. on you as if I'm some spiritual judge.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Great question. Okay. Yep. This is the next comment. This is a, a heart warmer. Oh. This one got left yesterday.
1: All right. This is thrifts to, earn reen to to, thriftorian Thriftstorian. okay hi there i came across your channel a few weeks ago and have slowly worked my way through many of your vlogs and have just started listening to the podcast as well i just wanted to express my appreciation for the content you create and thank you for the opportunity to observe and learn from you and your family So much of what you discuss is insightful, though thought-provoking, and causes me to pause to reflect on my own thoughts, ideas, beliefs, etc. I'm not married, nor do I have children, but I daydream quite often about what those relationships might look like and how I can bring the best version of myself and be accepting loving, facilitating towards my future partner and children. Watching you two discuss, brainstorm, reminisce, etc. about your past, present, and future is so empowering. I often feel like everyone around me is in a play I didn't get the script to, because my views and understanding of the world do not fit the mold. It's just incredible to see you breaking the mold and creating an incredible life full of close-knit relationships, adventure, meaningful discussion, laughter, and more. And love. (laughs)
0: Sorry, I took it away because I want to get to this.
1: Isn't that heartwarming? It is. That's actually really, really nice to hear. Thank you, Thriftorian.
0: I like, uh, first of all, that this person is single without kids and is still able to learn and find the commonality in our lives. Yeah. Second of all, I love how they... Mm. Take, they they spoke exactly what was valuable to them and said that it's thought provoking and causes them to reflect on their own thoughts and ideas and beliefs. Mm-hmm. I mean, what more could we ask to do yeah. in this life than have that role in someone's life to prompt them to go deeper? Yeah. And finally, you know what is lacking from this comment that I find in a lot of comments for some reason. What. A lot of comments say, even though we don't believe the same thing, or I don't agree uh, with you on everything, if people feel this need to clarify yeah. that.
1: Like, I just already assume that Yeah. people. Like, I don't want you to become clones of us.
0: Well, it's almost as if they're saying, it's a negative thing that we don't agree on everything. And I'm like, of course we don't agree on everything. Like, yeah. we shouldn't. No one does. Right. Of course, in some of the world we come from, which is maybe why we get a lot of these is, comments. Yeah it was assumed that we ought to believe the same thing about everything. So then people see some of our beliefs and they're like...
1: Negative if you don't, yeah. Oh, dang. Right.
0: So thank you for that comment. thank you. Thrift-storian. Okay, topic for the day. Wow, we're 13 minutes in. We haven't even started yet. (laughs) So we got a a little double-header, overlapper guy. And these podcasts are difficult because I feel like we're being stretched on content now and I'm always kind of struggling how much do we shoot from the hip and how prepared ought we be and all that kind of stuff Um, but I decided this week to just go with what's been on my mind Mm -hmm. so am I a narcissist (laughs)
1: that's been on your mind
0: that's been on my mind yeah not me asking that question but me dealing with people asking that question yeah. So I want to tell a story here. Um, I mean, for the last 10 years, I'm pretty outspoken, pretty confident, um, pretty in your face publicly <clears throat> with friends.
1: Charismatic, and, yeah.
0: And, uh, and about five years ago, I had a close friend tell me, like basically accused me of being a narcissist. Yeah. And it was the type of friend where I was like, oh, I have to take this really seriously. Yeah. And and this friend was in a spiritual community, and a lot of the spiritual community was kind of coming out with the same method, m- message using not always narcissistic language, but saying like prideful slash narcissistic. And actually, that's kind of one of the red flags in hindsight is that The language didn't overlap, but I thought, oh, because they all agree on this something, there must be a truth here and I have to figure it out.
1: Again, it was like something bad, like fill in the blank. (laughs) Prideful, narcissistic, uh, lacks empathy.
0: (laughs) So I went to counseling and the main reason why I went to counseling was to figure this out. And within three sessions and testing, my counselor basically said, like, no, you're not a narcissist. In fact, he said, the people that are accusing you of this, they might want to look at pride in their own life. Because, and then he said this thing, he said, in my experience, a narcissistic person wouldn't be in a counseling office asking for help. And if they were narcissistic, yeah, that's just the fact of the matter, like from that type of psychological perspective. Because they wouldn't
1: think they needed it. Yeah.
0: Because they don't ask for help. Yeah. they don't, And they don't care what other people think. And, you know, so. Yeah. And at first, when my counselor said this, this shows where I was. At first, I thought, oh, you're just taking my money and telling me what I want to hear. Well, three years later, our counselor doesn't, you can't buy him off like that. Like, he doesn't really (laughs) give a shit what we think.
1: He's not starving. He has enough money. He has enough money.
0: (laughs) And he's not really trying to please 30-year-old strangers that walk into his office. (laughs) (laughs) So, it was his honest assessment, I believe. Yeah. And he has 30-plus years of experience of psychologically assessing this type of thing. And he's seen narcissists.
1: Yeah. And he said you have some issues, but being narcissistic isn't one he of He didn't them.
0: call them issues. He called them areas of immaturity.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he was careful not to label them ne- real negatively.
0: And specifically what he said was, he said, oh, man, what was it? He said, you seem really like overly desperate. Those weren't his words. He had other words. I forget what they were. He, but for yeah. intimacy and something significant significance yeah significance and intimacy yeah like you have like a exaggerated, exaggerated need need yeah. that's what it was for intimacy and experience And uh, and
1: significance, significance. <laughs>
0: and i was like i felt like he was reading my soul when he said that mm. but he said that wasn't a bad thing or the language that we were using at the time he said that wasn't a sin it was just an area where i hadn't developed or grown as much as i could have yeah Okay, so that was like, at the time, so now we're going to counseling.
1: That was groundbreaking for us. Groundbreaking. And and he
0: was the only person saying this in our life. Yeah. So we went back again and again and again, Mm -hmm. paying $170 a fucking session. And at the time, it was worth it just for me not to feel crazy for one hour and 20 minutes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We had this moment. It was, I think, was it your first or second session? I hadn't been coming yet. Ben calls me on the phone. He's crying. And he just says to me, "Cammy, I'm not a monster. And then I start crying. <laughs> because...
0: Of course we got on video. Cause... You
1: know, yeah, because we're vloggers. Um, like, when people label you, people you trusted, people you loved people you called your friends, and they label you these labels, you, of course, you're going to start believing it about yourself. And and I think, yeah, it just, it it was like something kind of broke that day where we realized that we had been, like, completely just believing this narrative about you from these other people that now we don't. Uh, I don't believe
0: it <laughs> so I want to tell more of the story because then we go on the Appalachian Trail and we get this just like absolute shitstorm of comments specifically on the website Reddit and yeah. we just recently came out with a vlog which is why this is fresh in my mind and these comments there's a a very similar vein where a lot of them are more anti-me and a lot of them call me a narcissist, narcissist, asshole, misogynist. But a lot of them are just like narcissist pig. I mean, as if I'm just like really self-absorbed. I don't care about camming the kids. We're on the Appalachian trail to fulfill my mission, my bucket list. All I care about is myself That's the assessment of these people, none of which have met us. Yeah, all from uh, our videos. I think. I mean, that must be maybe a few of them went to like our Instagram, but right. So it's really their assessment of a product that we're putting out, in which we're showing our life.
1: Right, in some of the most vulnerable moments of our life, starting the Appalachian Trail with six kids. And
0: at the time, like, having just gone through counseling, I was pretty, like, not phased. I was, like... I mean, it it was... It phased me because, like, the sheer volume of it was difficult. But I wasn't, like, really questioning if I was a narcissist because of what they're saying. Because I was, like, pretty confident about that. So then... um. Okay, so we made a whole video about this, so you can watch that if you want. But, um, you know, we, we basically just turned that channel off in our minds because it was really toxic to us. Like, we couldn't handle it uh, yeah. while we were hiking.
1: While we were hiking, yeah.
0: Because it turns out these people are not into a conversation. At least with us, they weren't. Uh, it was seemed very one-sided.
1: Well, and we had our own doubts. I mean, this was, like, a really hard thing that we were bringing our family to in on and so we were kind of in a vulnerable position had we been at home it still would have been like hard to hear but I, f- I think we would have been able to brush it off a lot easier but being on the trail it was a lot lot harder
0: so then we get home don't think a whole lot of it a year passes we make this video publish this video yeah and then more comments start coming in and 99% of them are supportive and they're like um, they're saying what a bunch of assholes or whatever, which is not actually like what I want. Cause I don't think it's that simple either. Yeah. But there's a few, I don't know if you saw these cause you're not really reading comments. Lately, no. but there was a few that said, Hey, I think you should uh, listen to people basically, especially when they, I think it was applying, especially when a lot of people are saying the same thing that you should give it more credence and at least, pay attention to it. And that. so that's it. That's the question I want to talk about right now yeah. is why would we or why wouldn't we pay attention? So there is this one podcast I had you listen to. I feel like we've already talked about it on this vlog where it was um, man, I do not remember who it was. I feel like it was James Altiker. Yes, it was James Altiker and uh, James Frey, I believe. And James Frey, I really hope I'm pronouncing his name right, he said that do not... This guy's a New York Times bestseller, but very, very controversial. Like Oprah tore him a new one. And he said, do not listen to them. There is no them. Man, this isn't even him. This is someone else. I don't know. I don't care. But whoever this was, they said... Do not listen to them. There's no such thing as them. He says, I listen to people that care about me um and are speaking on behalf of my best interest, which it turns out is very hard to determine.
1: That is very hard to, ter- to, ter- to determine. <laughs> but
0: do not listen to the masses because they yeah. that can be actually dangerous. Mm-hmm. Like what you know, what about the masses that spoke up about Huck Finn and banned it? Mm-hmm. should Mark Twain have listened to them and said, Oh, I should write something more palatable because them, if you can't put a face or a name to it, like if it's just the masses, which unfortunately most internet comments have to go in that category for us. Very, there, there's a few, like I would say one out of a hundred commenters leave enough comments and we read enough of them that we're able to kind of get little pieces of their lives and, and, you know, maybe know, okay, you have a kid or you live in the state. But most people, they're still just strangers. Like, we see their little circle avatar.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I assume they're not out to get us. Yeah. But they're just going to give their viewpoint of reality and their product. And we have different viewpoints of reality than most people on the planet. And that's okay. And that's great. And we're here to share ours.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And what he was saying was, you don't want to be closed-minded to everyone. Like, So if someone came to us and they're like, Ben and Cam, you do not listen to anyone.
2: Yeah.
0: I think we might be, we should be maybe concerned a little bit. But if they're like, hey, you don't listen to comments. um, Or church people. (laughs) Or whatever. Yeah.
1: people in your
0: neighborhood even
1: I mean we had this whole I feel like we learned the hard way with listening to people we thought we should be listening to and it almost like ruined our life (laughs) um but at the same time I it it redirected our life in a way that I would not take back
0: so let's tell that story just a tiny bit because I think it's important and relevant here Which is this friend I told you that called me a narcissist four or five years ago. Well, I called him a friend then because we had a lot of history together.
1: Yeah, we would just do everything together, basically. For a lot of years. For a lot of years.
0: But, and I'm not saying his motive, I don't know his motive. But I do know that when push came to shove, and we said, no, we're going to stick with, actually, a lot of it revolved around starting the vlog. They thought we shouldn't start the vlog. And we felt like pretty impo- um, pretty confidently. I think this is something we need to do. Yeah. And they stopped hanging out with us basically. And then they said we're a narcissist. Mm-hmm. And that's when we found out I think what the limits of our friendship were and be like oh, okay well you're only going to be there for us as long as at the end of the day we do what you want. Which is I think to a certain degree true of any relationship. Yeah. Within limits but But all that to say, I think that they were calling me a narcissist because it helped them make sense of the world and our actions because they couldn't understand another motive for why we would do what we were doing. Yeah. And that's okay. They have the right to come to that. You know, I mean, I I think this, there's other people that are like, they basically categorize the world into two, two categories. There's people that agree with me and then there's assholes. Mm-hmm. you know or haters or something like that. <laughs> and that's okay. They can categorize the world that way. To me, that's not very helpful. If someone's just going to consider me a hater. Yeah. And and I don't want to consider other people just haters or assholes just because they don't agree with me. And then I think this way, there's two categories. There's like spiritual or like narcissist. And because I wasn't that brand of spiritual, they're like, "Well, you got to if you're this confident mm-hmm. and if you're this outspoken, you must be a narcissist."
1: Yeah. Or you're a sinner, or what you know, really we got you got called that too in a way.
0: Which I'm not that. We all know that.
1: (laughs) You're not a sinner. Um yeah, in that world, in that religious world, having confidence in yourself and trusting yourself was not a cool thing to do. And people had all sorts of labels, bad labels for people like that. And I just think you naturally are like that. Now, if you were confident about things that they agreed with, (laughs) no problem. But once you became confident about something that they didn't agree with, then that became a huge problem to them, to these people.
0: (laughs) So I'm going to, you know, we were going to talk about Enneagram. Yeah. I don't want to. No? I feel like it's going to take too long. Okay. And I want to get you to bed. Okay, but I kind of want
1: to talk about how eights are so misunderstood.
0: (laughs) I think that deserves its own episode.
1: All right, we'll do that.
0: But what I want to spend these final minutes talking about is these types of labels. Yeah. And how powerful they can be, especially when they're weaponized. Mm. Because this person wasn't, it's kind of like the black sheep thing. This person wasn't calling me a narcissist as an equal. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh they were calling me a narcissist as a less than
1: or you're over there. Like yeah, I'm not a narcissist. You have this like deficiency that I don't have. Yeah.
0: And I I'm it reminds me of this other um I wanna change topics for a second, but it it'll tie in. When I was in Sexaholics Anonymous, twelve step group, um, I talked to this one guy
1: <clears throat> Which by the way I don't think a narcissist would have gone to a 12-step group Noted. i could i could be wrong but
0: <laughs> i was in this 12-step group and i was i was talking with a guy who had had sex with other guys and i said oh you're gay and i don't know what i meant by that except for i was just like well that was a label i had in my head and i called him that he was married to a woman at the time but in his past, he had had sex with guys. And I told that story to my sponsor, and he said, <clears throat> um, William, the bus driver, my sponsor, mm-hmm. said, oh, I try not to apply that label to people unless they've applied it to themselves. Mm. I let them choose their label. Yeah. You know, because, well, I mean, I, I don't think we need to focus too much on that one in particular, but mm-hmm. there you know having sex with a guy once does that make you gay, mm-hmm. or being attracted to guys? Like where's the line? Like there's no yeah there's no like scientific like if you have a metachlorian count of twenty four you're mm-hmm. gay, mm-hmm. and so for me to apply that label I think it was maybe a bit of a power play in a way like oh I get to choose who you are,
2: mm. yeah
0: versus asking hey do you identify as being gay, or bi or how do yeah. those experiences or that desire, how does that make you feel? Yeah. Um. And in a similar way, same um, vein, but different story. I was in Sexaholics Anonymous for eight years.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And when I tell a story, a lot of people think a lot of crazy things. They're like, "Oh, you must have been banging hookers and." You know, looking at porn. Ironically, I feel like I have experienced way less than most anyone I know, which I now view as uh, with a bit of mourning. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I'd experienced more, but that's another story for another time. Mm -hmm. Um, And my entire sexual history is available for your viewing pleasure on YouTube somewhere. (laughs) Um, But I've never had sex with anyone else.
2: Yeah.
0: Um. In terms of intercourse, uh, Cammy and I. We've talked about our stuff here, but, you know, we waited till we got married to kiss and I did look at porn and masturbate like occasionally, but I wait went even like eight years without doing that in our marriage. And so me going to Sexaholics Anonymous was, you know, it was largely for like being drawn to porn and masturbation, neither of which I think <clears throat> are wrong now, but mm-hmm. the time I was trying to avoid and for that time period it was helpful for me to identify as being a sexaholic yeah because the way they defined a sexaholic i could relate to and yeah. it was people trying to conquer lust and experience greater union with yourself god and others
1: and that was a goal that you wanted yeah and you yeah. felt
0: and i felt um, powerless or out of control in certain realms, sexually and mentally. Mm-hmm. So I called myself a sexaholic for really not the first year, but maybe the last the the latter seven years. And then at some point I stopped, like maybe about four years ago, because I, it just wasn't helpful for me anymore, and I didn't identify with that. Now I still don't. It it wasn't that I'm like, oh, I'm better than sexaholics, or I'm done with that, or I got healed and I'm past that. It just I, I couldn't look at that statement and say those things are true in a way that helps me move forward
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, so I'm not I'm not even like really against it. I just just doesn't, yeah, you know, it's like people saying like, oh, you're Asian. It's like, yeah, I mean, i I am. I don't even think about it. <laughs> it, it just doesn't I'm not gonna fight with you about it, but
1: that's interesting. I mean, just with labels because like, yeah it's just int- it's just an interesting thing because it went like going back to the gay thing like if people are gay like people make such a big deal out of it and it's like well that's just it's like being asians like that's just part of who you are and well what do you say about being asian <laughs> well i'm sure there's some asian gay people but, but that's just a part of who you are and but to to set aside a part of who you are and and make it larger than life like being gay or being Asian or being sexaholic or being male female I don't...
0: well so I think what you're describing is when those labels can be applied by others to mm-hmm. that's when they become weaponized so recently yeah. I've, I've heard through the grapevine <clears throat> that certain family members that aren't really talking to
1: <clears throat>
0: me anyways are br- bringing that up they're like oh Ben's a sexaholic. That's why they're going to a nudist resort or whatever it is.
1: Or they're okay with porn or whatever. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Which they don't even know that. So that's <laughs> not even what they're bringing up. But they're just bringing up very conveniently in a way that's not helpful to me. That's not for the purpose of our relationship. <clears throat> it's not in a desire to understand me. It's like saying, Oh, Ben's and it's like the same people on Reddit. They're saying Ben's a narcissist. They're trying to make sense of their own world so they're using a label for um, for me that helps them understand themselves, and I want to contrast that mm. with our therapist that we consider qualified because he's been trained, and we're confident—at least as confident as we can—with anyone that he's doing his best to help us, at least by the terms that we agreed to.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, these relatives um, that are calling me. Um, a sex addict conveniently at this time, you know, I could listen to that. And this is, I guess this is really what it comes down to. Yeah. Is when do you listen to people and when do you ignore it? Yeah. Because if I listen to the people now, they're coming to this YouTube channel. They're like, Hey, you should listen to these people. You should listen to the them out there. Yeah. The masses. Um, it's not helpful to, to me. Yeah. Right now to, to focus on what these people are saying about, how I identified in the past.
1: And I think there's also this other thing, I think psychologically that happens, is people are either, and I know there's a spectrum on this, but they're either open or they're not open. And if they're not open, then whatever they hear or say is just to filter through the way they view the world already. And they're not wanting to change the way they view the world. So they need to just strengthen how they view the world. Um, And someone who's more open is maybe more open to viewing the world differently. Um, But I, I don't know. I find the people who aren't open, usually their words, you shouldn't be listening to them because... There's actually an ulterior motive there, and that is just to strengthen their own worldview and not actually try to... Which is
0: what this Reddit page was about. Yeah. So it's called Blog Snark, and it's just people bashing everyone. I mean, it's not everyone. They're they're pretty selective. Like, they'll select this vlog this week and that vlog that week. And, you know, some of the people are rifle targets, and there's things in our life where we can be easily targeted. And, you know, I'm not saying we're innocent. It's not the point. But blasting us...
1: I don't think anyone should be a rightful target. I just don't think that's like helpful to anyone, but.
0: Well, they weren't doing it for us. Yeah, no. I'm I'm saying, I mean, they're probably just having their little circle jerk over there having fun. Yeah. And they're like, why are they even in our space? You know, because when I commented, they like jumped on that. (laughs) And they're like, you know, they're just, I'm like, leave us alone. They're like, leave us alone. We're just here, you know, bashing.
1: Jerking off over here. Yeah, jerking. Leave us alone
0: jerking off and bashing you guys and this is what they do mm-hmm. you know so in a way more power to them if that's what they want to do it was inconvenient for us because we we're yeah. th- hearing about I mean that, people yeah, and
1: they can do government they officials
0: want to do. Yeah. get involved and shit like that but um, but I'm not gonna take information from their circle jerk <laughs> and then apply it to my life
2: yeah.
0: and be like oh wow there's my counselor. I'll listen to him. And then I'll listen to Susie Vlog Basher 1738. Yeah. Who says I look like a boiled shoe. <laughs> you know, we, we have to tune out. The only yeah. way we can make content that just reflects what we believe.
1: And then I have dead eyes, which actually I actually really do right now. <laughs> my eyes I are think, dead. I think what they said about you is actually accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. I guess I should have listened to them.
0: Except for the submission stuff. I really, you have not been very submissive lately.
1: Yeah, they should have seen me 10 years ago. That, uh, and I would, wouldn't bill. mind
0: it at all if you were a little bit more <laughs> agreeable.
2: Uh, yeah.
0: Where's my... Uh... <laughs> okay, so I think that's all we got for you guys about yeah. that is for you guys out there, I would love for you guys to think about the labels that are being applied to you. Oh, you know another one we've heard of hmm. in our little religious circles is um, depression or bipolar or manic. Yeah. People we know have applied that label to others. Yeah. Not in a way that's helpful, like, hey... um you want to go see a doctor i'll help you pay for it or go but like it's like writing off someone by saying oh yeah we think they're like bipolar so anything that they're saying right now that's their manic side Mm -hmm. we don't really have to listen to it right and use this label super conveniently for yourself yeah and it's a label that the person has not accepted for themselves Mm -hmm. has not been verified by any health professional right um and it's used pretty liberally, in my opinion, kind of the way narcissists was used with me. It's like, yeah. what you're doing is not convenient for us, so we're going to call it this. <laughs> yeah. So my question for you guys out there is, are there labels that have been applied to you or that you just kind of like sense or feel that you're, you've you taken on that maybe you should shed and say, fuck you, them. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. no, not, we're not talking to any specific person here. We're talking to a, like, an idea, really, a construct. Yeah. Like, a segment of humanity that doesn't actually even exist in your real life. Yeah. But actually has an influence on you because you are acting as if they're true. And, and for a lot of years, I acted as if this narcissism was true. And even now, I feel like I'm just starting to come out of it. Like, mm. you know, I'm making these videos now that are like me talking about filtering water they're me people online are calling the the wood pile videos or something because i'm talking in front of the wood pile (laughs) and i've gotten a lot of positive feedback and i was really surprised because i was expecting people to say you know i was expecting people to say
1: you're a narcissistic asshole yeah i was
0: (laughs) i was thinking no people don't want to hear what i have to say Mm. because that's what i've been called in the past
1: so those are really powerful and 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 they might actually, these labels might have been applied to you guys from people that are in your life, like us, the people that were in our life. And I think those are even more powerful than the masses. And so to be able to identify, if you guys can identify, I'd encourage you to identify labels um, that you've been told maybe all your life maybe recently that just aren't helpful and actually maybe they're just downright hurtful and damaging to yourself and maybe it's time to let go of those. And I think that's not a switch. Like Ben was saying, like it, unfortunately it takes a long time I think to actually undo some of those harmful labels that people put on you and that we've absorbed and decided you know okay i'm gonna but as a child like if you were a kid you probably had no choice but to absorb it and
0: you got to be really careful like um who you trust or listen to it's not who you think like you might think oh my spouse says this about me surely they have my best interest in mind and they can trust me or i can trust them but hell no Absolutely not. Like, in a codependent relationship, yeah, a spouse will do everything in their power to tell you something that you are so they don't have to change. That's how right. those types of relationships work. And they're not doing it, like, maybe consciously or, no, yeah. um, like, sneakily. But it's just, that's how all humans are. You either mm-hmm. can change or you can have the people around you change so you don't have to deal with the change yourself. So... You know, I think people might think, oh, well, these are just having to do with internet trolls. Like, I can trust my parents, my spouse, or my siblings. Like, no... Or even my friends. No way.
2: So, I think, like, what
0: Cammie said, you have to look at the people that are willing to change and don't have a dog in the fight. Like, they're actually... If they're wrong, they're willing to be wrong. And...
1: Yeah, like, their identity isn't going to be crumbled if you disagree or if, if they, like you know they're separate enough from you that they are they can say something to you but they're I don't even know what I'm trying to say right now but anyways trail off
0: <laughs> no that I, I think that was a good point yeah. i mean the psychological term they use are, is meshment where they're not they don't have a dog in the fight like they're mhm um
1: yeah well their identity isn't entwined with your your you basically and so they're not just trying to kiss your ass or whatever, um, but they will actually tell you an honest truth um, because they actually are trying to help you, not just to help themselves.
0: Because this friend of five years, if we weren't a narcissist, it would have meant that they would have had to have changed.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think it was a change that was beyond what they were capable of at that time. Yeah. So in a way, it was a coping mechanism for their own life to call us narcissists, which is just unfortunate. I think maybe it was necessary for them. Yeah. but And they can do that. But for me to take that super seriously and then go and, you know, I don't know, read a ton of books. I even read books on it, actually, at the time. But yeah. to go and, like, not talk because I'm like, well, I'm a narcissist. I can't talk.
1: I think this is something that we've, like I said, learned the hard way, but... I think you kind of have to learn this the hard way. I think um, not
0: if you have the Fight for Together podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe not. But just that type of like discernment of people, or actually, it's it probably actually comes more from when you like have are able to shape your identity away from people and not be so enmeshed with them. Then you can actually. Um, have discernment because if, if you're so enmeshed you can't even really have the, the discernment like I think with all these people we were so cared so much about what they like way too much about what they thought about us so we would do we did whatever we could to stay in their good graces um, even when it was killing us
0: it's time for the news I wasn't even going to do this. And then I remembered we have a little news segment. Preachers. Oh. What is it? Preachers with sneakers.
1: Or is it sneakers with? No. Yeah. Preachers. with sneakers. What is it? Let me look it up. What is it's it? Preach. Preachers. preachers. Yeah, I think so. Preachers with sneakers.
0: Love it. New Instagram account that came out this week. 100k followers overnight. Not literally overnight, but over oh. the course of a week. Dang it, what, what is it called? Dude,
1: that was a niche waiting to be filled. <laughs> Dude, it
0: was totally uh, so, so perfect. I mean, it's like God ordained how <laughs> it like came to be. So for those of you that are in the dark and you're like, what the hell are they even talking about? A new Instagram account uh, just hit some sort of spotlight somewhere, it went into some sort of viral type thing. And it's these pictures of mostly mega church pastors, worship leaders, big personality types, and them wearing expensive sneakers. And it just shows a picture of them with a sneaker on, zoomed in usually. And then it shows the price of the sneaker, (laughs) which is like minimum 300 bucks, but upwards to five grand. And, um, (laughs) oh, so much fun. Like, and...
1: So do you think that's part of, because I, I I know Ben and I both, I can speak for you, I guess, like, that we don't have any problem with, like, buying nice shit. Like, we've bought nice shit. But do you think what is so, what really, like, makes people, like, yourself, like, oh, I love this, is the hypocrisy behind it? Is that what it is? No. Like, I don't even, or is it, I
0: don't even care about, I don't even care about it. Like it doesn't offend me at all. That these people are doing this because I think I know. So
1: what's the fascination, though?
0: I love seeing the public reaction. What's what's my fascination? Mm, or other people's?
1: More like the math, the hundred k. Yes, like- other
0: people I think view it as totally hypocritical. Mm-hmm. They're like you are supposed to be the leader of a church, and leader of churches are like monks and spiritual holy people. Which
1: but, is, but but see you and I don't believe that. Yeah, we
0: don't see churches or, don't see or church leaders like that. I see churches the people that make the best church leaders in our culture are actually like the best one public speakers.
2: Yeah.
0: Or two like almost entrepreneurs or startup people. Right. They know how to run a business.
2: Mm-hmm. And I'm
0: not saying a church is a business, but it more resembles the way businesses are being run than yeah. churches. So of course, these guys, like they have, of they're, course the they're C- not known. The CEO
1: is going to have nice shoes. Like, that's usually. No,
0: I'm not saying that. But they're not hired for their like celibacy and ability to go 40 days and nights without food and just prayer. Yeah. They're mostly in their position because they're charismatic leaders with with attractive personalities that know how to communicate well. And <laughs> those types of people have very similar tastes as if you look at like other business leaders. Right. Or other charismatic. That's what I'm saying
1: like it makes sense to me like Totally. Yeah. The top of the the top dog of the business or of the church is going to be nicely dressed.
0: So I don't have a problem with it. Yeah. I mean <clears throat> As long as now, if they're like stealing money or if they're, you know, lying or sneaking around or something, that seems mm-hmm. like kind of fraudulent or fake to me. Yeah. But if they're getting paid a salary and they choose to spend their money, yeah, on hype beast bomb ass sneakers, I'm like,
1: how do how do they find this out? How do these people? They th- wear in publicly. Oh. They're not like so you can just like get the pictures from the internet or whatever. Yeah, they're like preaching sermons
0: and five thousand dollars. Yeah, okay. And thousand dollar Gucci slippers and whatever.
1: Mm -hmm. Slippers, ooh, that's how I'd like to preach a sermon in (laughs) slippers if I if I ever wanted to preach a sermon.
0: But I think people have this viewpoint of what church ought to be. Both what's I what's fun is it's inside the church and outside the church. It's getting a very big following from both i mean everyone loves to hate these people right now and oh man i think it is more if there's anything to hate i think it's systemic or symbolic of the demand that we've created yeah that they create this supply but no one wants to look at that right now we just want to we were we love the lance armstrong or the michael jackson (laughs) now it's preachers with sneakers to hate it's yeah so I love just the scene it causes. It's like a WWF yeah. fight.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: okay. Um, let's go to the phone lines.
3: Hi, Cami and Ben. I have a question for you for your question segment. Um, I was just wondering if you have any notable goals for the next like five years or so. Um, either personal, like things you want to work on for yourself or... Accomplish for yourself or for your family? Um, and if so, uh, what they are and how do you plan on accomplishing them? And if like five years is not a good time frame for <laughs> that you want to answer, you could say like the next year or something like that. Uh, I'm just curious. Thanks. Bye.
1: Hmm. Now, when I hear that question, um, I immediately don't like setting goals that far ahead just i think setting goals for me is like weekly maybe monthly and then i don't know so like i just i tend to think it's more helpful for me to to do it more short term but i get why people do it um So, like, for example, for me, a personal goal of mine in the next, I think, I haven't even actually said this out loud to myself, but, like, or in my head, but I want to write a song. I've never written a song before, and I want to write a song in the next month, two months. (laughs) Um, Definitely by the end of the year, I would have liked to have written a song.
0: Yeah, I mean... That is a tough question because I agree. I think we used to have more big picture goals. We were always talking, 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 talking about these big picture goals. But at the end of the day, I don't think it really matters what our goal is if we don't change our week. Yeah. And then once you change your week, a lot of times it actually changed our big picture goal. Right. Because we realized, oh, we don't really want.
1: Yeah, That thing It's not gonna come to fruition if it's not like In your oh. weekly rhythm
0: So uh, Yeah I don't know I mean like we're running a marathon In three weeks I guess mm-hmm. that's a goal
1: We're trying to write a book Like we're gonna write a book By the end of this year But before that
0: I would, I would like to write three books By the end of the year I think it's getting more and more unattainable yeah, but so. it's it's a desire.
1: Yeah, but we know like one book.
0: I also have least. a desire to have enough mm-hmm. income from book sales and like vlog and podcast stuff that um, we can be self sustaining. Let's just say in a year, two or three.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I would say three years, because I think we have enough savings to get to three years. And by that three year time period, I would like to be making enough money. From being able to do this kind of thing, that we can continue just to do this kind of thing. Yeah. And not have to go get real jobs or something. Yeah. That's a desire. Um, But once again, we're like working towards that every week. Um,
1: Yeah. I think there's a desire for both of us, we've talked about this, to do another through hike in the next couple years.
0: And I would, I mean, I would also like to be in as good of a relationship with my kids as I can in three years. But I don't have what that looks like because they might choose that they don't want to be in a relationship with me the way I do with them. And that's, I want to respect that. Um, So the way I'm doing that, what I can right now is by going to counseling and focusing on myself and my personal growth and health.
1: Yeah. I have a goal that with our two oldest who almost 18 and 16, to help them transition into adulthood, because I can see that that's, that's right on the horizon.
3: All right. Hi, this is Rob from Washington State, and I don't know exactly what Fight for Together is, but I do know it's exactly what I need. Thanks, guys. Great show. Keep it up.
1: <laughs> Washington State. All right. What represent. Thanks, Rob. Yeah.
3: I don't know
0: what it is either. <laughs> it is exactly what I need. So I think this is actually a legit question that we haven't answered before here. Well, let's find out.
3: Hi, this is Michelle, and I'm calling from Canada. Um, My question is, well, two parts. The first part is um, I just wanted to say that I've loved your YouTube, and I didn't know about the podcast. I just learned tonight on the live stream. So thanks so much for doing this. I'm very excited to listen to the podcast now. But my question, I suppose, is just a little bit further from what we were talking about on YouTube, and that is about your Shabbat practice. I really enjoyed um, what you uh, put out there on YouTube, and I'm just wondering if you wanted to discuss it further. I didn't know about Shabbat before your YouTube video. I honestly was very naive about it. I thought it was more of a religious practice um, in the sense where uh, the whole time would be spent. Or something, But from what I saw, I think it's a fantastic um, tool to use to recharge yourself for the coming week. My job is extremely stressful. I'm a 911 operator, so I think that this practice could be fantastic in my life. So I just wanted to know if you wanted to discuss anything more about how to start your Shabbat practice and um, any tips and tricks you might have.
1: Thanks again for doing this. Oh, man, you know, I don't... Did we catch her name? Michelle. Michelle. I'm sure you see some crazy, crazy-ass shit being a 911 operator. Wow. Yeah, um, that's a really... I, I really appreciate this question because um, it actually helps me even understand how we've transitioned from it being more religious to us and and to now it's... It's more just like our lifeline. Um, It's how we see the world. And I do think Shabbat like originated or I know originated from uh, Judaism, but it can it can be incorporated. I think it's so cool that can be incorporated more mainstream um, for people who want to take the time out of their week to, like you said, recharge. I think Everyone needs that um, and it doesn't ha- <clears throat> It doesn't have to look one way.
0: <coughs> I mean, it's like one of the Ten Commandments. Um, <coughs> but Shabbat is the Hebrew word for Sabbath, which is the Greek word for rest, I think. The Hebrew yeah. word means rest. Yeah. So really the commandment from a biblical or religious perspective is to rest, not to pray. Not to do go to church or whatever. (laughs) The fuck is not restful, by the way.
1: (laughs) Not to me, but...
0: So to get into what I would recommend to start is you got to rest from the things that are not restful to you. Yeah. So work, obviously, is not restful. And for us, when we first started, we realized most of the activities we did on a weekend were not restful either. So... I mean, there's like such long versions of this uh, way to tell a story. But, you know, we've we've tried so many things and you just got to dabble with it to find out what's, you know, restful for you. But we've taken a break from social media, taken a break from answering email, taken a break from going to birthday parties and moving parties and Mm -hmm. all these things that happen on weekends that are all wonderful things. They're just not rest.
1: Right. And I think you'll also find that. So there's actions you can take to help you rest better, but what is so I think difficult is to actually get your mind to come to a place of rest after being after being immersed like in our culture and how we're just like go 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 go, um, and then I, you know being able to once a week kind of turn that off is actually really difficult. And it took us a lot of years to kind of decondition ourselves, deprogram ourselves from that mentality. Um, So, you know, I I think it can be discouraging when you first start. But if you just keep at it, I think it actually really um, will be rewarding
0: and we treat it like a celebration so every yeah. friday night we think we think rest is the most important holiday or sabbath is the most important holiday of the year yeah that's why it needs to happen 52 times a year it's mm-hmm. way more important than christmas so we have our best meal of the year every friday yeah and
1: a lot of times that means ordering out
0: ordering pizza order yeah. chinese go to a restaurant if you're a vegetarian yeah. eat meat uh, and I, I mean that really because what we're resting from is not just work, but it's actually resting from our morality, which is a kind of like the Bible calls it a kind of like moral work. Yeah. Is defining who you are by what you do in terms of being good enough. So there's like a moral work. And then there's even like a physical work that our our society more celebrates, which is how many dollars you make or how many hours you worked. So people brag about, you know, I mean, guys ask me like, what are you doing? And it's, feels like it's bragging to be like keep him busy Mm -hmm. you know that's like something our society applauds Mm -hmm. um so we're kind of trying to kick that whole mindset in the nuts and just say like no we are not who we are based upon what we do in terms of work and dollars and cents or moral work in terms of how good we think we are we're just good enough every human is just good enough as is to rest rest is not a merit System award that once you are sixty and have made ten million dollars, then you get to rest. Every human is good enough to rest right now. Yeah. Uh,
1: okay. All right. Thanks, guys. Kimi, yep.
0: I really hope you feel better, and I hope this Thank was a you. good choice. But I, I'm really happy how this turned out.
1: No, well, I, th- I. Me too.
0: And we'll talk about Enneagram sometime soon. Oh, goody. Thank you for listening to Fight For Together.
3: We'll see you next time.